Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com. This is a Late night edition, 8 o'clock Pacific time, so 11 Eastern time on, what is today? August 22nd, Wednesday, we have Wednesday, 2018. There's a lot going on, I'm sure you don't have to read the title to know what today's episode of the show is about. My name is Colton Denning, I'm your host, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Patrick Mayhorn, and we are here to talk about the news of the night, and that is that... Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer has been suspended for three games, and athletic director Gene Smith has been suspended up from August 31st until September 16th. There's a lot to break down here, but Patrick, what's uh, what's going on, man? Hey, it's been a very tired evening out here. Um, <laughs> uh, we are, uh, uh, at least speaking for myself, I don't know about you, I would assume um, that you are as well. We are running on uh, coffee at this point, and just um, the, the final amount of energy that I have left uh, from covering this story for the last three weeks or so. Um, and it is... Uh, Certainly good to be kind of done with all of this stuff, but we do, uh, you know, we got to get these takes off. And boy, I'm just so tired of talking about <laughs> this whole thing. <laughs> For sure. And you and I recorded a podcast like right when Meyer got placed. Yeah, on they leave. got us. <laughs> they, they got us. We didn't even get to publish it. They got us like 20 minutes afterwards after we recorded. So we had to throw that one in the trash. But this is our first time 
really talking about it. They're going to get us again. I don't know what they're going to do, but yeah, they're going to get us. They're going to fire Urban Meyer yeah. after we after we record this because we recorded this. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to to unpack here and break it down, and we're not going to get to it all, and we're not going to spend an hour talking about it because, like you said, this I haven't been. I've been more away from it than you have. And even for me, just as a fan and even only basically doing the podcast for it, it's been exhausting. And it's been a situation where, you know, you don't really want to have to go through as a fan. And even just on a personal level, it's it's embarrassing to be associated with this as a fan and, and how this whole thing shook out. Where do you think we should start here? Because... Today, Ohio State came out and said they were going to have this this board of trustees meeting, which lasted all day. Nobody knew how long it was going to take. Um, it ended up being, what, like 10 hours? And they came out with th- this big press conference. And I don't know. It, it's just all really hard to process right now. But the whole thing was an absolute circus. Yeah, it, I mean, it really was. They had... They had media outside of the, I'm not sure what building it was. I've, I've read it a million times today, but I can't remember what it was, what it's called right now. But they had media outside of where the the committee was deliberating pretty much all day. Um, we, we thought that an announcement would be coming at some point, and they decided that it would come at um, nearly 9 o'clock Eastern time, which is a pretty cool thing to do. It was nice of them. Um but basically it really has just been a circus um you know i I don't think i was really expecting anything less uh, just knowing how college sports generally work um i I knew that this wouldn't really be a clean finish of any kind and i honestly didn't think that news was going to drop until thursday or friday probably friday um but they they did finally get everything all squared away and announced that urban would be suspended for three games um released a a partial summary of their findings and recently a, a full report of the findings. Um, and I haven't had a chance to really dig into those very deeply, but I am looking at a, a specific portion of one right now that kind of adds to uh, how ridiculous this whole situation is. Um, so one of the things that they're putting out in this public report is, um, I'm not going to quote it directly because it's a bunch of words. Uh, basically, they're saying that, that Urban Meyer has um, struggled with memory in the past and has had significant memory issues is the words that they use. Um, says he has also periodically taken medicine that can, neti- that can negatively impair his memory concentration and focus. Um, they, that's basically the thing that they're saying that caused him to uh, lie about the Zach Smith incident and knowing about it at media days, which is um, – a dumb excuse, <laughs> and I don't think any kind of actual excuse, but um, it really kind of amplifies just how dumb this whole situation is, and um, I think that that's really the the main takeaway that I have from all of this is that no one really seems to know what they're doing, and it's all very stupid. No, and one of my biggest takeaways from this is I, I don't know who runs PR for Ohio State or the athletics department as a whole, but all of those people, and and I'm not even talking about just the case, just strictly speaking from like just a PR standpoint, all of those people should be fired Yeah, <laughs> because it was so poorly. And, I, and I'm not just talking about today because today was embarrassing. And I will say um, we'll, we'll get into Gene Smith for whatever it's worth. Gene Smith like got on the offensive on this. He was answering questions. He was proactive about stuff. 
he he looked like he had a game plan ready for this and he was kind of briefed on it you know michael drake is he's the president of the university he kind of he knows what he's getting into when it when it comes to this stuff i don't i don't think any president really ever wants to be involved in it this way or there's a manual for it but he didn't look comfortable but he looked like he knew what he was doing urban meyer looked shell-shocked man like he was just woefully unprepared, it seemed like. He should probably fire his lawyers as well. But just like PR-wise, even from the beginning, from media days that they didn't really seem prepared for it, you know, Meyer couldn't answer really a simple question with a simple answer and avoid all of this. And the way that the football team handled it with, you know, limiting access to reporters basically through the whole camp because the second that the camp opens or, you know, when week one comes around, this is going to be the biggest story no matter what. So it, it just seems like it's a whole failure from really the top down from everybody in the university. And today was kind of the shit cherry on top of the shit Sunday when it came to just bad PR and bad ways to handle things. And even when you look at because I, I don't want to lump all Ohio State fans into this because this is always invariably what happens. I've seen it on Twitter all night. Like, oh, Ohio State fans are going to cheer Urban Meyer. Wins only matter to you guys. That's the only thing people care about. You know, just your basic stuff when things like this happen in college and professional sports. But, you know, there was that segment of fans that not only today but in the prior weeks was just really embarrassing to be like, yeah, I'm an Ohio State fan. And to see those people on the news out in front of Ohio Stadium you know I think it's it's fine if you're okay with Urban Meyer coming back I think I'm fine with it and we'll, we'll get into that later and it's okay to be conflicted about what happened here and to not you know have a, a strong ground and a strong take about everything because like you said man lo looking into this there's so much to process when it comes to this whole situation but you know the way that certain fans acted that was embarrassing Brett McMurphy, his original reporting, I thought was tremendous. And to break a story like this was great journalism. And people can be upset about it. Fans can be upset about it. But that is a journalist's job. And I thought he initially did his job very well. He also played a role in this becoming a circus. So I, I, I thought that he really let Courtney Smith down and his original reporting down. So it was just like anybody who came into contact with this story became a parody of themselves within this story. You know, we don't really need to get into Zach Smith. I know you and I feel the same way. He's a piece of trash. I hope that inevitably this ends with him in jail because he deserves it. And, you know, if there are listeners out there that are like, oh, do, do process justice. Like, we understand the patterns of domestic violence and how that works. And, you know, it's pretty apparent that Zach Smith is a piece yeah, of trash. Stop, yeah, people can kind of stop being uh, willfully ignorant about that. I, I think we kind of know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, so, something else that, that stood out was Urban Meyer basically admitting that the relationship with Earl Bruce led to him staying. That was that was really odd. That was another thing, like going back to media days where you hear a lot of coaches in this situation. We've heard Meyer before be kind of autopilot, and that was another thing that was like, whoa, seriously blunt. Like, So that was interesting, definitely wasn't surprising, but I guess I'm kind of rambling here, but back to the original point, just it, it was a circus. And, you know, I'm not an alumnus of Ohio State. My mom is, but I grew up an Ohio State fan, and even then, just being a part of this, being a fan – it was just embarrassing over the last month, the way that everybody handled it. 
and how certain fans reacted and how certain people from the team reacted to this story. And like we said at the top, a- after this, I don't feel like I really have any sort of emotion either other way way for this story anymore because it's just so exhausting yeah and i think that you know the, the way that you put it with the you know calling it embarrassing i think that that's the best way to describe it um the first thing that ohio state emphasizes whenever they hire a new coach whatever you know sport it may be especially football um is that their number one priority outside of winning is to not embarrass ohio state Um, because Ohio State as a program is very, very focused on keeping their image clean and, uh, you know, protecting the brand above all else. Um, And until this point, I think Urban Meyer had generally done a pretty good job of that. Um, This was embarrassing. This whole situation, not just what Urban Meyer did, not just what Zach Smith did, uh, Zach Smith obviously more so than anybody else here, but, you know, the entire the entire group, uh, everyone involved, this is an embarrassing look for the program. Um, you know, fans obviously are fans and they're going to do what fans do, but fans standing outside of the stadium with signs that say that like ESPN is fake news and that, um, you know, Urban Meyer should be given a trophy for, uh, defending women or something. I don't know. I like, I, it's embarrassing. It's all, it's deeply, deeply embarrassing. Um, and I have, I wrote kind of a, a my column take type piece about uh, this that'll be up by the time this podcast is up, basically about how college football coaches and college football administrators, um, no matter how easy it is to kind of fall into this uh, this cycle, they're really not worth defending. Um, just in general, they're not really worth caring about. Um, Ohio State's football program is not Urban Meyer. Uh, it's not Gene Smith. It's not any one person. Um, and when it comes to college sports, I think it's way easier and um, more enjoyable to care about one group of people, and that's the players. Because uh, you know, without the players, it doesn't exist. Uh, they are the people who make it go. And more often than not, they're significantly more likable and interesting than anyone else involved. Um, so, you know, obviously there are exceptions. There are, you know, bad players. There are players who have uh, scandals off the field. That is, you know, I, I think that that's just a part of any, you know, institution, any job, any career path, anything like that. There are going to be bad people. But I think that one of the, the things about this that should really be a major takeaway is that um, coaches really aren't worth fighting for. You know, I, I think obviously Urban Meyer should have gotten due process and he did, you know, they, they did a full investigation and they gave what I think is probably a pretty fair punishment. Um, I haven't read the full report yet, as I said, and it seems to be that the general takeaway that from people who have read it is that he probably should have been fired. Um, so I'll, I'll see what my take is after I read that. But, um, I, I think that based on what we know, the punishment is probably fair and he would have gotten that due process with or without people defending him. Um, and I really don't think, and this is not to blame fans or anything because fans are going to do what fans do. And that's, I can't, you know, I understand that. I, I completely understand the urge to defend a football program that you've invested thousands of hours and often you know, dollars into. Um, and I, I think it's really easy to shift into that, but these 
coaches, these administrators, even the players, uh, they're just people. And a lot of them are bad people. And a lot of them are really not worth spending so much time and energy fighting for because Ohio State football would go on without Urban Meyer or without Gene Smith. Um, and I, I think it was kind of gross, the, the amount that went into uh, trying to clear Urban Meyer of all wrongdoing here, almost in an effort to convince ourselves collectively that he is, you know, okay to continue supporting. Um, and, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to stop supporting Ohio State because of this. I, I don't think that anyone is expecting that of Ohio State fans because that's not really how fandom works. But it's just... I don't know. It's it's really tough for me to even consider when it comes to college football to consider rooting for coaches or specific administrators or things like that. And I really think that that, that should be the main thing that this reminds us of is that the people worth caring about here are the players. Um, and more often than not, those are the people who are making college football go and those are the people who should be getting um, attention, you know, and, and should be getting uh, praise and and should be the ones that people are rooting for and that that's been kind of my main takeaway from all of this is kind of a you know a reminder of all that yeah and i mean they're the first ones that are going to get all the vitriol upon them when they go to an opposing stadium you know when they're at a podium answering questions and they had nothing to do with it and you know to your point when it comes to coaches and administrators you know some of them may be really bad people, people, some may not, but the best thing to do is just not hold them in regards like they are gods. I think that that's the, like you said, they are humans at the end of the day and, you know, falling in love with them or despising them. They're just humans. They're just like us. They have different positions and they may have more notoriety, but as we saw with Gene Smith and Urban Meyer, they are just as fallible to mistakes and their mistakes are much more magnified and and I think that ties into a point that I was very disappointed in both of them in and that's you know when you're an athletic director or you're the head football coach especially when you're the head football coach and we have seen him preach this so many times is accountability and he asks accountability of his players and you see any top level coach They'll do the same, no matter what level it is. And in this case, it's young men who are 18, 19, 20 years old. And, and like you referenced, you're prone to making a lot of mistakes when you're in that age range. That's not to give, that's not to shoot everybody bail and say whatever mistake you make when you're in college, you know, is, is redeemable. But for them to make the mistakes they did in positions of leadership, for them to be grown men and to also preach at the same time, you know, doing the right thing all the time. And with a situation that seems like, you know what, it was pretty black and white to just do the right thing. They didn't do the right thing. And that's super, super disappointing because they let a woman down who it's pretty clear was abused. And at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to preach that accountability, you also have to have it on your end. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I think that, the something that's kind of forgotten in all of this is that Urban Meyer is paid a lot of money to not screw up. That's his whole job. Just don't screw up. Like, don't don't get in trouble. That's it. 
just do the things that that's expected of you. And I think that it's fair to expect a head coach to fire someone that's been accused of domestic violence several times, uh, especially when you thought. And not just that either. There are other things, you know, that are piling into this that are making the whole picture clear. And I, I think that that's fair to expect, not just of a coach, but of an athletic director, you know, and if, if the coach doesn't do it, the athletic director should. And the fact that Urban Meyer was willing to keep Zach Smith on staff because of his relationship with Earl Bruce is, um, you know, that's Urban Meyer not doing the thing that he's paid to do. His, his job is to uh, to keep track of his program and to run his program the way that it should be run, and he did not do that. He, he let something cloud his judgment, and he needs to pay for that. You know, I, I think that that's, that's what it comes down to is the fact that he didn't do his job, you know, that his job is to protect this program, and he did not do it. And I, I think that that kind of gets lost in all of this is that this was a failure on Urban Meyer's part, on Gene Smith's part, on, you know, the public relations people at Ohio State's part. I, I think that it was a an institution-wide failure here. And it, it's it's certainly not fair that the players have to, to face punishment for this, you know, and not have their coach for three games. But it's I think it's more than fair for Urban to get in trouble for this because he he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Yeah, and it's amazing that, you know, college football and sports in general have just had so many different scandals come out. And you would have thought that after what happened at Penn State, after what happened at Baylor, you know, if you're a coach, especially if you're a head coach at a high level program, when something like this happens, like there's no excuse anyway but especially now in the climate where we live in where there's there's so many different ways to access media and there's so many ways for things to get out like how could you even think for a second like yeah this will this won't come back to bite me in the ass I'll just try to slip this one under the rug because it, it's one it's better to just do the right thing and two is it's not worth it for your job it's this is the thing that people are always going to remember about Urban Meyer. And even if he isn't a terrible human being, that's the perception that is going to be of him. Before, it was just, oh, this guy is a high-level winner. He you know, he, he probably left Florida under less-than-great circumstances, whatever. I don't like him. He wins a lot of football games. Now, he'll always have this attached to his name, all because he just didn't do the right thing. So coaches around the country, like, how many times will it take to just learn when shit like this happens? Just do the right thing. Yeah, it's really like it's really not as hard as, you know, as it as it seems to be made out in some instances. And, you know, yeah. And I, I want to interrupt you, but I just like I, I'm on a tangent on this because I know that a lot of pushback to that as well. He reported it to Gene Smith and they reported it up the chain. That's just not enough. It It, it really isn't, especially when it comes to a situation like domestic violence and it's not enough to just do that and then keep a guy on staff while like we said he's having other problems as well and the picture of him as a human being is becoming pretty clear you know no matter what his relationship was with Earl Bruce that was a failing by Urban Meyer and a personal one at that and one that's it's pretty unforgivable that it was like man all you had to do was just do the right thing and you didn't do it yeah, it it is like, you know, like we said it's embarrassing. It's a it's a bad situation all around and it's an embarrassing situation. 
And I, I think the entire way that it was handled and really everything that the university has done since this report came out has been a really bad look on the program. And I don't think that that's going to go away anytime soon, um, you know, and whether that's fair or not, I certainly think that it's fair that this doesn't go away and that we continue to kind of talk about this um, because it's just, it's a really bad look. It's a really, really bad look on a program that has prided itself on avoiding bad looks. Um, you know, and I don't think a three game suspension would erase that. And I don't think that anything short of firing him would have erased that and him being Urban Meyer. But I don't, I don't know if they could have, if they could have justified that again, you know, maybe the full report indicates that they, they could have justified it, but they didn't seem to, you know, the, the committee didn't seem to think that way. And I, I, it seems that they're fine with the repercussions that come with that. Yeah. And I think just back to the, the PR and how it all worked, this situation could have used a lot more humanity and a lot less PR. And I, I think that they could have done the exact same thing in even after how ugly the last month has been, if they would have came out during that press conference, they wouldn't have even had to answer questions. And they would have just had Urban Meyer and Gene Smith come out and said, you know what, we made a mistake. We should have done the right thing. We thought we did the right thing. It wasn't. We didn't do enough. We're going to work hard going forward to fix this, to do the right thing. We will not let this happen again. Something as simple as that and just letting people understand that they knew that they had messed up and they knew that they had made a mistake. You know, people still wouldn't have been happy with the three-game suspension. I still think that they would have gotten raked over the coals, but it would have been a lot less worse and a lot less damning than I think it is right now. And, you know, ultimately, like like you said, they're, they're just two other people. And, and I'm not going to sit here just because Urban Meyer is a great coach and Gene Smith is a great AD and feel sorry for him because they kind of dug their own graves on this one. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, an underrated part of all of this, and I think an under-talked-about part of all of this was the press conference itself, and uh, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but Urban Meyer didn't really apologize at all <laughs> for anything. Um, he apologized to Ohio State fans uh, for putting us through this situation, I guess. He didn't really apologize to Courtney Smith until a reporter directly brought her up um and it doesn't really feel like he thinks he did anything wrong um and that was that was the general report coming out today was that he was trying to avoid a suspension under the you know the fact that he didn't think he did anything wrong um you know and when something like this happens and a coach isn't fired for it it's generally expected that they learn from it and kind of try to move forward and that's how you know people are supposed to work is that when you do something wrong you you address it and fix it and improve yourself he doesn't seem to think he did anything wrong and that's not good that's not good news <laughs> that's bad <laughs> my guess for part of that especially when it pertains to the courtney smith stuff is i don't know how legally that works but i'm sure that he was at least advised on that like better to take the pr hit and you know, come off the way he did, which was really, 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 really bad. And we've seen the video of it pop up a lot on Twitter than to have something that, you know, is going to be usable in court. And I don't know how any of that stuff works, but I, I think that's at least worth 
throwing out there. I'm not trying to shoot Urban Meyer any bail on that because that was not a good look. But if I had to guess, it would be because of any sort of legal issues. And when it, because when Courtney Smith got brought up, they wrapped that press conference up super duper quick. They were like, "Yeah, time for one more question, and and that's it." So that that would be my guess is fine. Like somebody at Ohio State had some PR sense to be like, "Yeah, maybe we should have thought this through." Like, but they they all deserved it. They dug their own grave on that one, and you know whatever else comes out of it, I think that. They're just going to have to deal with, and like you said, it's not going to stop us from being Ohio State fans or supporting the program, but it's just something, like we said, that's just like, ugh, it's just super embarrassing to look on. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm looking a little bit more into this full report right now, and there's a specific section of it that I, I want to get your take on because, um, boy, this is pretty damning. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so this says... During and after his divorce proceedings in 2015 and early 2016, Zach Smith's job performance suffered, and he was regularly late to practice and workouts. Uh, On other occasions, Zach Smith failed to appear at scheduled recruiting visits at various high schools despite reporting internally that he had. Uh, Coach Meyer was made aware of these issues, and Zach Smith recalls that Meyer warned him that if he continued to be late and otherwise unreliable, he would be fired. Uh, Gene Smith, who was generally aware of Zach Smith's performance issues during this time period, suggested that Coach Meyer considered replacing him. Coach Meyer decided not to do so. So on top of domestic violence issues, Zach Smith sucked at his job and didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, and and to me, that just blatantly screams of what we've been talking about. The one thing it ties back to is Earl Bruce. And you and I each had some pretty harsh words for Earl Bruce in the podcast that we had to delete. I don't think we need to get into it again, but um, I don't know if we'll ever get the full story about Urban Meyer's relationship with him since he passed away and as it involves to this case. But it certainly feels like if we're going to speculate that he played a super duper 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 heavy role into Zach Smith staying around for more than one reason. And you would figure Urban Meyer has reshuffled assistance before. We saw Tim Beck leave. We saw Everett Withers leave. We've seen a couple other guys leave and be asked to go interview for other jobs. I think somebody was saying it at the beginning of this that at the beginning of the whole this whole whole ordeal that he had asked Smith to do the same. I don't know if that was ever confirmed. I'm glad that didn't happen and this didn't get pushed on another program because you know it it deserved to be on here for the way that they all handled it unfortunately but I I think that that just it has to point back to that relationship with Earl Bruce because I I don't know what else it could because Urban Meyer can certainly be trusting we've seen that with players and coaches before but we've also seen him push guys out when it's time to go and the receivers in the way the receivers were handled and just his coaching in general. And from what people that are closer to the program than you and I were saying about Zach Smith, even without these allegations, it wasn't good. So there had to have been a lot going on there for him to stay. Yeah. And like on top of all of this, you know, on top of Zach Smith being a, a bad person, just a plain bad person. Um, and a lot of people I've seen that really have have kind of said that, you know, Urban Meyer's a football coach and he should care about football. Uh, and I mentioned it before. Zach Smith was not debatably a bad football coach. 
talking just purely from a football perspective, his receivers sucked and he didn't know how to coach them. The, the, I don't think that Ohio State fans as a whole can really argue that. They sucked. The Ohio State couldn't pass the ball for like four years because he couldn't coach receivers to catch. And it's just if you're taking away all, you know, you could take away all of the the moral issues with employing Zach Smith and just break it down to a plain football issue, which is some people, you know, what some people want to do with the, you know, Urban Meyer being a football coach, he should worry about football issues. Zach Smith was a bad football coach and they continued to employ him because of who his grandpa was. And man, that just sucks. That's a dumb thing to do. That's not how you're supposed to run a football program. If you want to blur the lines, and I don't think you can blur. No, the lines. you have to. You have to consider it. You have to consider the moral part of it. it <laughs> yeah, and because if he's going to talk about guys like JT Barrett as the best human I've ever been around, it's deeper than football. You know, this is a bond that I'm going to share for life. Then it's he's not just worrying about football. It, it becomes deeper than that. It be, it's a personal. It's always deeper than that. When you have that sort of personal relationship, this is a guy that spends more time with his players and his coaches than he does with his family during the season. So it, it's always going to be more than just football. So uh, you definitely can't just blur the lines when you want to, and then say, "Oh well, it's not a thing when you don't want to." Um, I, I feel like. There, there's so much to get into. This is going to be an evolving story. We'll see where this goes. You know, the I think the one saving grace for them may be that the season is just popping up. And so, the, you know, the new cycle that we live in now, this story, I think, will die down. It's always going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing throughout the season. But just with what we've seen in other places, like it, everything just gets churned up. And it's unfortunate that this one will be because they all deserve and deserve going forward to answer for it. But I think my final takeaway and my main takeaway from this is kind of what I said in the beginning that, you know, it is it is conflicting because we all support the Ohio State program. We want them to do well. And, you know, I feel like you said, I feel like a three game suspension was was fair punishment. I also think if they looked over all of that evidence and what their findings were, because they're pretty substantial with 40 witnesses 60,000 emails, which sounds terrible, <laughs> and 10,000 texts. You know, if they would have decided to fire him too, I would have been okay with that. It would have been a bummer, but it would have been absolutely justifiable. And as we've said before, nobody is bigger than the Ohio State football program, even one of the greatest coaches in college football history. So if they saw fit to do that, I, I think that that would have been their call, and I would have supported that as well. But at the very least, him and Gene Smith and others around the program dropped the ball on the whole situation. They let Courtney Smith down. They let all of the Ohio State alumni down. They let the state of Ohio down, and everybody connected to it because it was just super-duper embarrassing and they need to do better. We as a society need to do better when it comes to treating women like this in these situations. I put myself into that when I say we, and it, it's just something that you just hope you move forward from. And you never want it to happen anywhere, especially some place that you love and support and kind of give your all to. But they just, we all have to do better. Yeah, I think that that's the best way to put it. You know, it's. We can't go back and change the things that happened. Uh, they're not going to go out and fire Urban Meyer at this point, uh, you know, no matter what that final report says. Um, and it's, you know, like you said, we just got to kind of move 
move forward and it's going to continue to be a thing. And I, I think that um, eventually everybody will kind of come to terms with that. And that's the exact thing that Ohio State wanted to avoid and, and why they like to try and stay out of situations like this so that it doesn't become bigger than the program because they don't want big stories you know bad stories bad looks they don't want that to become what defines the program um and that's honestly i think that's why i'm kind of surprised that they didn't fire urban meyer is because um they don't want coaches to do this and (laughs) no matter how good the coach is i don't I don't see a reason for them to keep a coach that embarrassed the program around. Um, and I think it's kind of a cop out that they don't think that they can do any better um, or continue success without Urban Meyer. And that is not really the Ohio State that I know. Um, that's not to try and come off as all high and mighty, you know, and, and say that Ohio State is above uh, other programs or, you know, Ohio State would be able to survive with anybody at head coach. But. Right. Ohio State fired Jim Tressel for uh, letting players exchange gear that they had earned uh, for tattoos, you know, and <laughs> it's th- this is not unknown territory for Ohio State, and they have fired the coach, they have fired a football coach for less, uh, and it's just it's surprising to see them do this now, and uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I think that. Like you said, I would have been fine with him being fired. I think I'm okay with him being suspended. Um, maybe I won't be after I read the full report, but uh, it, it's just it's a surprising thing to see Ohio State doing. They also probably should have suspended him for all the three weeks instead of just the games and not the practices. That was like super bad optics. I, I'm wondering whether that will change in the coming days because that just was not a good look so he's going to be able to coach um during practice and just won't be able to coach the games um it's so hard to just transition into what this means but the season's uh, season's like a week and a half away we kind of we kind of have to what uh what if any impact do you think that this is going to have on them early season uh so i know that there are there are some people who are you know concerned about the the on the field impact you know of not having Urban Meyer coaching Ohio State. I don't think I'm part of that group. Um, just from having seen Ohio State play the last six seasons under Urban Meyer, I'm not really sure what all he actually does during a game. Um, and there have been more than enough instances, you know, like losing to Iowa by 30 points or um, losing to Oklahoma by 20 points or any number of, you know, the Michigan State games, uh, plural. I think that Urban Meyer has kind of shown that he is a very good recruiter and often not a very good in-game coach. Um, and I don't know what Ryan Day is going to do as an in-game coach. I can't imagine it'll be worse than what Urban Meyer does sometimes as an in-game coach. And that's not to say that Urban Meyer is an awful in-game coach. I just don't think he's a great in-game coach. And it's not like, you know, a team like Washington that depends very heavily on their coaching and on Chris Peterson losing that coach. Urban Meyer's job with building this team is mostly done. Uh, during the season, he kind of just drives the boat and makes sure that everything is in order and lets his assistants kind of lead the way. And I think Ryan Day will be just fine at that. I, I really don't think that this will make a huge difference with Ohio State's on-the-field performance. And honestly, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they struggled more when he comes back just because of how big of a change that'll be. You know, I think I, I agree with you. Um, I, I don't know if he's a bad in-game coach. I think that there are certain elements where he's definitely lacking. I think that when it comes to adjustments, that's one. And maybe it's not that he can't adjust. It's just that he is very hard-headed and stubborn about kind of what they want to do, especially offensively with their game plan. And we saw that against Virginia Tech in 2014. We definitely saw that against Michigan State in 2015 and a lot against Oklahoma and Iowa last year. And I think that that's something to watch out for, especially in the the TCU game, because they're going to cruise against Oregon State and Rutgers. But, you know, TCU with that defense is going to come out with some pretty interesting looks, I would imagine, especially early on. And I'm very curious to see how Ryan Day and the staff kind of shift to that and adjust to it because I I think that those early season matchups, we've seen Ohio State not always struggle, but some of their biggest struggles have been in those situations. So I I think that that's kind of where Ryan Day and and the rest of the staff can really shine if they're a little more flexible with what they want to do technically on both sides of the ball, but especially on offense with a new quarterback as well. That's, that's going to play into it. And that's something where we kind of don't know where Meyer would sit on that side of the fence, especially with JT Barrett gone and how he would react to that. I think that maybe Ryan day is, is going to be a little more flexible when it comes to that, especially with a new quarterback. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, that's an important thing to consider is that when Ohio State's offense goes up against good defenses, at least in the past, and we don't know what that would look like this year with Urban Meyer, um, you know, and the lack of JT Barrett, but Ohio State in big games has kind of tightened up on offense and relied on the quarterback run. I don't think Ryan Day really likes to run quarterbacks. Um, his his history does not indicate that he's interested in that, and I wouldn't be surprised that even if they kind of get punched in the mouth early by TCU, that he sticks with Haskins and sticks with the pass. And that might be better for that game than whatever Urban Meyer would do, which would likely be to kind of recede into a shell and run the football. Um, So I'm fine with that. I I think I'm really interested to see what Ryan Day does because I think he could be the next head coach at Ohio State, and um, it'll be a really good test for him. And I'm I'm interested to see what what I would consider to be a more innovative offensive mind at this point in both of their careers, uh, Day and Meyer. I'm interested to see what what Day does with this team for those first three games as kind of a you know a, a test for what he can do as a head coach. Yeah, and if that situation pops up in the TCU game, that may be something to where when Meyer does come back and they are in those spots, like say two weeks later when they have to play at Penn State, I think, um, where he is a little more trusting that okay, we opened it up when I wasn't here. I saw that Dwayne could do it against a high level defense. Uh, we need to win the game. I'll trust him instead of playing really passive. So I think that that that's another area where you know they can really go. Both players and the coaches can go and show that hey, you know, when we get into these situations, we don't have to play passive. We don't have to kind of, for back lack of a better term, play spread trestle ball. We can air it out. We can get it to our playmakers. We can make plays. And even, you know, at this point, just doing that would just be handing the ball off to Jake (laughs) which didn't happen in a lot of big spots. So it's not like this is a huge issue that has like a complex fix to it. You know what I mean? So that's going to come up, though. And I'll be interested. I'm glad at least like from this is like totally 
football based, like on that three game suspension, I'm excited to see them play without Meyer and to kind of see what that looks like on game day in a big stage because TCU is really good. I think that Ohio State can kind of shut them down defensively and, and really kind of stifle what they want to do. They're going to have not a new quarterback, but a younger quarterback who I don't think it relatively sees these type of defenses like Ohio State has on a regular basis. But where that their offense matches up with TCU's defense without Meyer is going to be very interesting. And just from a, a motivation standpoint, not having your head coach and how they play will be very intriguing. And I know that we're just going to hear endlessly from their video team and social team about how it's them against the world. And that's, that's going to be, I think a very prevalent theme for this season. And the players are going to take a lot of heat for that and they shouldn't, but I know that the players will definitely be pretty fired up this season. Man, I'm so glad football's starting soon. Like actual football <laughs> that we can talk about. Because <laughs> this is... This is something I talked about on Twitter. This has been the offseason where, like, usually it's the idiot teenagers and the idiot 20-year-olds just acting like idiot 20-year-olds, just doing what they do. This has been the offseason of idiot grown-ass men who just, like, can't make a simple decision. And it's like, dude, you are 55, like... How can you not figure that out? Yeah, I don't think I don't remember um, really any instance outside of the, you know, Marcus Hooker thing uh, that didn't really end up being much of anything uh, of any Ohio State players getting in trouble this summer. It, it seems like Urban Meyer is really the only one here, um, you know, and obviously everybody else, Zach Smith and Gene Smith and everybody else that was involved in this. But they're like adults. They're the ones being paid to do this and uh the players generally seem to stay out of trouble and stay in line and boy i'm i'm excited for us to be able to focus on the players and not have to talk about the coaching as much and we're certainly still going to have to talk about this scandal for a long time and deservedly so but uh, we got football starting this Saturday, and that's uh, that's good news because, <laughs> yeah, boy, that's that's just about I think the only thing um, that can be worth really caring about and isn't just uh, dreadful and soul crushing <laughs> is that you know like Hawaii is going to be playing Colorado State or whoever they're playing this weekend, and it's it's football and we can watch it and it'll be fun for three hours and we don't have to think about our uh you know our morality or the is college football worth saving <laughs> two saturdays until ohio state takes on oregon state we'll have you covered for all the lead up to that if you're still listening to this podcast by this point which i'm sure we're gonna receive some angry tweets about this episode you can send those to me at dubsco and you can send yours to patrick at patrick underscore mayhorn you can also follow us on twitter at holy land pod Find the show, soundcloud.com slash Land. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts by searching Hangout in the Holy Land for this episode, all the new Why Is This News episodes. I'm sure Alexis and Matt will have a lot to break down as well later in the week as it pertains to this situation and more news breaks. Patrick and I will have weekly previews probably every either Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe Thursday at the latest for the upcoming opponent. And we will also have our usual game recaps either Sunday night Monday morning for your ears to hear all of our takes about Ohio State football and 
I know now that we're done with this, for the most part, pretty fired up about it, man. Ready to uh, ready to watch another season of Ohio State football. Yeah, let's let's talk about some real football next next episode. That'll be fun. <laughs> this is a big Bob Landers podcast from this from this Absolutely. very second on. We're talking about nothing but our beautiful boy, Big Bob Landers. Love you, Big Bob. All right, so for Patrick Mayhorn, I'm Colton Denning. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. We tried our best to break down what is a very tough situation, but a lot more to come out of Ohio State and Urban Meyer and Gene Smith's three-game suspension. So keep it locked on LandGrantHolyLand.com and right here on the Hangout in the Holy Land, and we will catch you next time.